God Has a Plan, Part 3 of this series, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. Unlike the many religions and groups we find in the world today, there will be one church only in God's kingdom. He sees her as his faultless bride, a faithful wife. Revelation chapter 21 verses 9 through 11 says, Then one of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues, came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. She was released to come forth on the cross, Or should I say, he allowed the enemy through carnal man to set her free. As Eve was taken from the side of Adam, the church was born as the enemy's weapon pierced the side of the Lord, freeing her as the water and blood came forth. What is God's plan for her? Let's look at the facts. Born to Adamic bloodlines, the Holy Spirit draws her and introduces her to Jesus, the tree of life. He knows many will choose him as their Lord. They will not want to remain in the defeated condition they are as Adam's descendants and live their lives as the cursed. Desiring to start life over, this time with him, they choose to be born again. After it is explained to them that their carnal self can die into his death in baptism and a new spiritual self be raised through his resurrection, they can see the kingdom. They hopefully will choose new life. That is what the water is symbolic of. Romans chapter 6 verses 4 through 6 Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, their old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. As we studied in part one of this series, through the sacrifice of his blood with his life in it, they would be forgiven of all sin, and through communion enter his covenant as heirs to all he has as his bride, his kin. They too would become eternal as he is eternal, and be eligible to go back to the garden. Also, through his blood and the gift of repentance, the bride could be kept eternally holy, unlike Eve that had only the covering of Adam. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 26 through 27 explains that he, Jesus, might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. This is what the blood symbolized. Another phenomenon happened as well as the word, the sword of truth, or Christ himself, was pierced by the enemy's sword. Superiority, the right to lordship, was the issue to be challenged. But also, Christ's victory over Satan was imperative for humanity to be allowed access to the garden once again. 
Remember, a sword had been placed between man and the tree of life. Genesis chapter 3 verse 24 So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden, and a flaming sword, which turned every way, to guard the way to the tree of life. Because of this final blow on the cross, the sword that blocked the way to paradise dropped its guard at the cancellation of Adam's sin. The right to return full circle to the original garden was now granted to all those who would enter into his blood covenant. It was all a part of God's original plan. As Jesus was sacrificed, the word of God, his sword defeated the knowledge Eve chose and rose to victory over the tree of good and evil. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword of the enemy, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The knowledge of God conquered intellectual knowledge, knowledge based on experience, or the ideas of another being. He made a way for the bride to choose wisdom from the tree of life this time, to become the new glorious church, the last Eve. Now God could open the message to the church Daniel was told to close up until the end. His wife could fully comprehend it. She would think his thoughts, do things according to his plans, his way. Daniel chapter 12 verses 9 through 10. And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. Information is being released from the sealed scroll by the Lord through his revealers to his government. They in turn feed the bride this knowledge so she can comprehend the promises and the covenants and give direction for her protection in this end time. Revelation chapter 5 verses 1 through 5 And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. So I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. He, Jesus, had won this honor on the cross. The bride is protected from the enemy as the contents of the seals are loosed on the earth. Satan will not be allowed to retaliate against her and God's wrath will be withheld from her. Jesus is her hero, her prince, her champion on the white horse. Revelation chapter 19 verses 13 through 16 also tells us, He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule with them with a rod of iron. 
He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That blood-stained robe is wrapped around humanity today, protecting us, covering our sin, but also making us righteous, so Satan has no right to us. The king hands us the scepter of righteousness, allowing us to be restored, renewed, accepted as his bride. It was all a part of God's plan. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8 says, But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. In closing, here is the beauty of the promises that the covenants offer to those that choose him. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 30 through 32. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. The victory was both his and ours, all God's plan.